collaborate, 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 but keep that creative integrity. Hello and welcome. My name is Isaac. This is the teaser for those in transit. I'll be hosting this podcast series dedicated to African culture on and beyond the continent, the changing African cultural landscape, and what this means as global culture increasingly looks beyond the West for ideas. Why are we doing this? Two reasons. The first is in two parts. The first being what Tangaza as a platform means to me. Tangaza at this point in time is an authentic and informed voice that's collecting and in many ways archiving the early stages of a cultural shift forward. When I observe the cornerstones of popular culture, even in the internet era, something I feel they have in common is that they were there early. Today, the best of these are able to leverage cultural relevance by continuing to be on the pulse of new creative spaces. This is the second part of my first reason. By offering more ways to spotlight Africa's next creative pioneer, this is what Tangaza stands to be, a cultural cornerstone. But the second reason is that because of how young African internet culture is, many platforms are not yet crowded, we can be flexible with the content. We'll be interviewing photographers, designers, influencers, artists, directors, art directors, everything music and music adjacent. I'm joined today by Ampersand's co-founder and editor-in-chief of Tangaza's fashion editorial, Michael. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. What would you uh, describe as Tangaza's most important role in uh, East African culture today? I think just being <clears throat> being that um, number one platform for creatives across the board. Yeah. So we've um, been focusing mainly on music so far. You can tell that um, we're trying to be that platform that was there in the beginning. Right. In terms of our relationships with the artists that we've had, we're trying to be as grassroots, yeah. as bottom-up as possible. It's kind of make it as organic as possible. For context, we have known each other for quite a while. Yeah. But I think the platform as it exists today and our role in Tangaza has not always looked like this. It's been quite a journey to this point. Um, so what would you describe as some of the most pivotal, earlier, uh, earliest memories of the forming of this, this story, this journey? Um, I think, as you've mentioned, um, we've known each other for uh, quite some time, a decade or so. Just over, just over a decade. <laughs> yeah. Throughout that time, I think the key component is how we've been creatively active throughout it all. Yeah. And I think that in itself has stood testament to what it is we're now trying to do. Yeah. Um, just to name a few, um, I remember when we were like 11, 12, we wrote a book. Tribal Wars. It's not on Amazon. Don't go search it. <laughs> From that, we then went to high school and created this collective. What was it? Wolfpack. We had the whole tees. Um, yeah. We had the whole dance crew. Yeah. These were all key processes True. in, in you know, covering what it is that we are now doing today. Yeah. And, uh, for me personally, I know that that experience, especially in high school, you know, from dancing to, um, getting the teas and the merch and shit like that. Yeah. That kind of like built some strategic skills and all sorts of um, management skills that are now being put into practice. Yeah. And then 
in more recent times, I would definitely say being out of the bubble that was the school that we went to. Um, we've definitely been able to um, witness and see the vibrance within East Africa, especially with music, all sorts of experimentation with artists, you know, playing with all sorts of different sounds. Super exciting. I think we've done exactly what it is that we wanted to do, which is run right to it and be right there at the front seat, um, catching it all and um, archiving it all, as you said. Yeah, I think there's many significant points there. You know, it started out as just early, you know, childhood curiosity, mm -hmm. being intrigued by all kinds of creative processes, formulating collective efforts to learning the power of collaboration. And the truth is the idea of Ampersand, which is essentially a creative incubator developing East African content creators by connecting them with resources and rights representation. The initial idea started a very long time ago, but not as it's most realized today. In fact, I think at the beginning, we just wanted to have a brand, like have something mm -hmm. that we could showcase different fashion ideas. Started as a clothing brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has evolved to serve our best, our most, um, shall I say, resourceful skills. Seeing the power in connecting the right kind of people to the people that they might need, you know? Exactly. Um, and in a scene that's beginning to to find its own legs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. connecting musicians to people who make artwork, to people who distribute, to finding press, to adding facets and layers to platforms, I think this is something that is necessary in the current current state of things. But before we get into, you know, what it is that we would like for the current state of things to be. Um, what does the scene look like today to you, the East African creative creative scene? Yeah, I think exciting. Yeah. I think I would be lying if I if I didn't straight away off the bat use that word. Yeah, I think especially over the past two years, I think there's this sort of DIY attitude that, Af that yeah. East African creatives have taken upon themselves excuse my French, but like, fuck it, do it yeah. yourself. No waiting for anybody to... Exactly, not waiting for, for like the international brands to come in and, and, and tell yeah. them whether they have the talent or not. Yeah. And I think that all may have been the most risky thing to begin with. I think in turn has, has ended up absolutely paying off. Um, straight off the top of my head, I think of people like Blinky Bill. I think of people like Karoon. Yeah. I think of um, not even just the bigger names, but also, you know, you have your EA Wave. Those are now musicians and acts that are able to exist, you know. I mean, we're out yeah. here talking about them. They have spaces in which they can perform. Right. There's all sorts of um, events and platforms coming out. Yeah. So exciting. I'm, I'm excited by it. And and I think as as anything in life, there's definitely room for for improvement, and that's and that's exactly where we we come in. But yeah. exciting, exciting! I'm very excited about the scene. There's something very interesting about the artists that you've just um, highlighted. Yeah. All of them are multifaceted. They have <laughs> the potential to collaborate with artists across mediums, mm -hmm. whether it be finding 
incredible Kenyan visual storytellers for video, collaborating with local homegrown brands. Karun works with Metamorphosized, who you've been in contact with. You you know these guys quite well. Um, talk about what this cross-pollination of creativity looks like. So that's, that's very interesting because I'm currently doing um, profiles on Nairobi Street brands. And I've um, had the opportunity to get in touch with the founders of Metamorphosized. Yeah. So I was very foreign to how it all kind of like went down, you know, like I asked, dude, like, yo, so like, how does it all happen from outside looking in? I just want to know, is it just like a DM on the Instagram or is it like, uh, like, is it, does the artist hit you up? Do they want to style you or do you want to style them? How, how does it all work? Yeah. And I was, I was absolutely like blown away by how organic it was it was literally just like a dm and that's really it and it's a situation where fortunately because of just the way communities organize themselves in africa yeah. i found this to be um everybody know everybody you're so, like, <laughs> only like maybe one or two people away from anyone at any you know, given point you know yeah so <laughs> But definitely very organic. Yeah. It's not as um what can I use? Corporate or as as formal as as one would think. Yeah. Uh I I think that's a, a great strength for the scene that like people are already in close proximity to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. I think because it's happening so naturally already, it just needs more of that kind of collaboration, more of that kind of collective effort. Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza Magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of rising East African musicians. The song playing now is called The Marathon by Karaman Jong. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. This full disclosure is actually the last piece of audio that we're recording for this podcast podcast series for this particular season. And over the course of the season, I spoke to different people about some of the things that we've just touched on now about, you know, the nature of the DIY scene, the various genres, some of the things holding the scene back. Through this process, getting a deeper insight on what's actually going on, I've kind of gained a different respect for the people on the ground, you know. They've been at the cusp of something that doesn't quite look like it's there yet. What do you think is to come of a platform like Tongaza? You know, what bringing visibility to this space, what do you think that can bring about for creatives currently on the ground level? Like, you know, building this thing uh, event by event, set by set, collection by collection. First of all, the digital version of Tangaza, so the Tangaza.com, TangazaMagazine.com, I think that will serve as the primary archive and library of East African creative content. The scene has, has shown enough evidence of promise. There is the right kind of technological advancement on the horizon. The more 
East Africans get connected and become engrossed in internet culture, there's going to be a need for people who are documenting what's happening. It's important to note where East Africa is in context to the rest of the continent. If we're being honest and comparing it to Nigeria or South Africa, you're beginning to see where some of those other places were five years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. Give or take that time range, but it might not, the rise might happen faster than those other markets. But from your experience in how does the creative, the creative atmosphere differ? Had you asked me that question about two years ago, I would have definitely said South African creatives are a lot more collaborative, a lot more open-minded. Having experienced the both Nairobi and Johannesburg two years ago, that that really was the feeling. Um, you had a situation where, and this isn't um, any criticism on anyone in particular, but um, the scene in Nairobi was very, you know, people really just wanted to hit, make that quick. You know, they wanted that quick second for fame and they, they weren't willing to do the long game. The, the long game for it, exactly. Um, I think they're becoming a lot more collaborative and a lot more open-minded. What Nairobi looks like today, in my opinion, is kind of like, like you said, what these scenes, South Africa, Nigeria, obviously not mirror, mirror, mirror to mirror, exactly. Yeah. Thing, but what those scenes were 5, 10, 15 years ago. So I'll just, honestly, I'll just encourage um, East African creatives. Um, I don't know much about like the rest of East Africa, Uganda, Tanzania, um, but um, I'll just encourage East African creatives to to kind of keep that open mindedness. Don't don't chase clout type of attitude. Don't right. fuck with a particular influencer or creative just because of the numbers. Because numbers lie, like they lie. <laughs> Only yeah. number that don't lie is the bank account. <laughs> Always remember that. Always remember that. Okay. Trust me, because at the end of the day, um, the proof is in the pudding. We yeah. can look at the West. Um, we can look at what. Um, um, for example, the Native Magazine, that whole Alte Sound, yeah. um, they also kind of did their own DIY version of in, in, right. their, in their homecoming, in their homeland. Yeah. And you can kind of see how that's turned out and collaborate. Of course, don't just collaborate with any, like you got to keep, keep it fire, yeah. keep that integrity. But, <laughs> True. <laughs> True. But yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think um, the difference I observe between Uganda and uh, in East Africa is that some places have a much bigger urban scene than others, particularly Nairobi as opposed to Kampala. Kampala is like you do have a hip hop community, you do have uh, a local traditional popular music, so to speak. You have, um, you're beginning to have like an electronic scene that's very like underground, very burgeoning. But I, I don't yet know of many other alternative scenes or modern contemporary versions of traditional folk music that like have audiences there. But in Nairobi, you have platforms, events, artists for a wide variety of sounds. You know, you're not just catering to the local mainstream. You're not just catering to like the weird upper class kids who like western music you know just you know what i mean there's like something for everybody and that there's a power in that that like mm-hmm. and the rest of the i think the rest of the region will eventually catch up i don't think it's an issue of the talent being there or not you know in any case in uganda or kenya or um 
Tanzania especially, I don't think the talent isn't there. I don't want to continue that narrative of like, there's no infrastructure, there's no resources, because that's all true. But I think mm. that's like, it's a bit boring now. We know that, yeah. that, that like no one is going to fix this. How long this. And can excuse be an excuse, right? You know, exactly. But if there is a creative community that is pushing its own boundaries, creating its own systems, looking out for each other, and that all sounds kumbaya and like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, exactly like so idealistic but there's a truth in it you know there's many people who come to our aid and who we rely on but there's no there's no magic beyond us you know and and we're just helping the building of this platform that's that's really it you know i'm, I'm sure there's yeah. other people with skills of their own that they could contribute to something beyond themselves and in a way help the scene around them Mm-hmm. So it's in those small ways that people can play their part. That's a secret mission here is to play our part in this fast changing landscape because we believe that there's something here. We know there's something here. We just want to be a part of that rise, a part of its growth. Exactly. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just want to know if there's something you think people should know it's urgent about this scene that like you know this is the pilot episode these are your last thoughts this is something you think (laughs) everybody needs to know what's my psa exactly your psa (laughs) oh man like if you made it to this part of the the, the (laughs) podcast first of all shout out to you shout out to you (laughs) yeah All, all jokes aside um I don't I hate I hate comparisons trust me. If you're familiar with western culture, especially american culture, think Fader, Complex, those types of brands. I think that's what we're trying to do here in a very unique way and in our in our own way. Um and like you said, um it's something that we truly believe in it being this scene, East African creative scene. Um something that we truly truly believe in. Um and yeah, um, I can't wait to be a part of this journey. And like yeah. in five years' time, we'll see where we at. But um, sure. East African creatives, put your guards down, open your doors, collaborate, 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 but keep that creative integrity. Mm-hmm. That's the PSA. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Mike. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, I'm excited to see what you cooked up, man. Yeah, what you cooked up. Uh, yeah. We're starting a petition for uh, for you to do for AS. What you call those things? ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> On God, when the season's done, I'm gonna send out the tweet like, "Yo, send out all I need. All I need is two retweets. That's all I'm asking for." <laughs> if you get your retweets, if you get your retweets, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I need a bag, any sort of bag. And if ASMR <laughs> pays me, you best believe I'll do it. Thanks for having me, though. Of course, it. Mike. Of course. It. Looking forward to what this all becomes. Same here, man. Same here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, hopefully, you'll stick around to uh, watch the debut and listen to what the rest of the podcast has to offer. Until next time.
Full Full Condition is an annual compilation album presented by Tangaza Magazine, showcasing the sonic diversity of East African musicians. The song playing now is called See the Sun by EA Wave, a Nairobi-based collective. If you like what you hear, you can listen to the rest of the album at tangazamagazine.com or by searching Full Full Condition on any of the major streaming platforms. This is a GB Mystical production.